Hi there. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Berks County's podcast series. I am your host, Beth Ireland. Today, I am making a victim of yet another staff member. Um, introduce yourself. I am Moon. Moon, say your last name. Chiafalo. Oh, Chiafalo. I always say it in my head, and that's not ever what it sounds no, like. No, it's usually Chiafalo. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much answer to anything that follows Moon. Right, Moon. <laughs> Um, so you and I actually have a pretty similar story for how we ended up at the ARL. We were both foster parents. Correct. And then we both got hired. Yes. Yeah. So how long have you worked there? Uh, since March. Since March. So About seven not months. that long. Seven, yeah, seven months. And what do you do? I am a kennel technician, mainly taking care of the dogs. And you have been working in intake a lot lately, it seems like. I have. I Tell us it. a little bit about what intake is. Um, intake is where, obviously, we take in the dogs that come into the shelter. Um, How whether, do they get there? Whether it is a stray or it that some person brings in or an own dog that someone brings in uh, that they are unable to care for for whatever reason. Um, or sometimes it's one of the animal control officers bringing in a dog. Um, we'll check it in. We basically, you know, find out whatever information we can from the people bringing it in, uh, give it a very quick once over, you know, wait, try to determine what kind of dog it is, how old it is, um, get a quick idea of its temperament, um, Make sure there's nothing that stands out as being wrong and needing medical attention. Um, and that's it. Then we make sure they, if they need a bath, they get a bath. Whatever it is, we do their vaccines so that they can stay healthy. Um, and then they're in a kennel. So. so you, for the most part lately, have been touching every dog that comes through the doors you've got your hands yes, on. Yes, pretty much. Um, talk a little bit about your history of fostering. When did you start that? Um now i believe i started fostering about a year before i was hired uh i'm gonna say so about a year and seven months and how many animals have you fostered to date do you know i have actually fostered i believe around 14 dogs um and i i also have kittens mm -hmm. uh periodically uh i think one two three four about maybe six kittens I've fostered. And how many kids do you have? I have four kids. <laughs> and a husband. And a husband. And how many animals pet? do you have of your own? What's your own zoo okay, look like? Right now I own, let me think, <laughs> three dogs uh, and four cats and a cockatoo. And you have a foster dog right now, Mr. Furley. I have two foster dogs Oh, right you do? Now. Oh, and uh, Milan, Milan? Milan. I call her Monster, affectionately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I have Mr. Furley and Milan. So you really do have a zoo. I do. And home. I also have a foster kitten right now as well. Oh my gosh. So what made you, when did that transition happen from you were fostering, you were having probably obviously a good experience with that because you kept doing it to, yes. hey, maybe I want to work there. When did that happen? Um, I have been a stay-at-home mom, had been a stay-at-home mom for about nine years. Um, and I made the decision that I wanted to go back to work part-time. Uh, I wanted it to be something I could enjoy. I felt like if I was going to go back to work, I was going to love what I do. Uh, I tried to find job even in a pet shop because I have always loved animals. So I thought the only way I could love work is to work with animals. 
Uh, I just wasn't able to get a job. I, I think people felt I was overqualified or I, I don't I don't know what it, for whatever reason they weren't hiring me. And I just happened to see that the ARL was hiring a kennel tech. So I was like, oh, freaking out. I, in the past, Marcy had made the suggestion to me, um, but I felt like I couldn't do it. I hear people come in all the time and say I could never work here. I thought that, too. Um, so I hadn't gone for it, but I thought, you know what, I think I can do it. You know, I haven't ever come across anything I couldn't do if I wanted to. So I applied and I was hired. So just like that. And how, um, you wanted to do a job you loved. Yes. I think anybody that knows even just a little bit about rescue and sheltering knows that not every day is a good day. Yes. How do you, um, how do you make all that work in your head? I think just like with kids uh i'm a mom first and that includes all the animals at the arl they're all my kids so it's tough sometimes um things don't go the way that you want them to but you have to balance that by knowing that you've done everything you can i know every dog i touch receives love from me period whatever happens from there on you know may or may not be in my control but what is in my control is going to be positive. Um, and I know that I'm having that impact and that's what gets me through the, the more difficult times. I will say, you know, and maybe it's because you and I haven't been there for as long as some of the people have. I hear from people all the time. They say, you're always so happy. You're always so happy. (laughs) And how can you always be so happy when you work in a shelter? And I think, you know, I think I, a, a lot, I'm lucky to have a job, that I love that I get to go to every day. Um, and it's just easier to be happy, isn't it? <laughs> I, um, in general, I am a very happy and positive person. Uh, I've approached my whole life that way. I teach my children that, you know, outlook is a choice and reality is going to be whatever you choose for it to be. I choose to be happy. Yeah. It takes a lot to knock me down. Um, and, and I love my job. I feel like I have the best job in the whole world. I, there's nothing really I could be doing that could possibly make me happier. So yes, there's tough times, but I'm doing what I love every day. Um, it is, it's, it's nice to come upstairs and talk to you because you are generally calm, you're relaxed, and you do generally have a smile on your face. And that's not always the easiest thing to do at a shelter. So whether or not anybody ever says it, I appreciate that from you. you. And I know that that comes through your fingertips and into every time you touch one of the animals that comes through our door. So I know they appreciate it too. Yes. Here's the thing. I have four teenage daughters at home. Holy moly. So work is wonderful. (laughs) Dogs are fantastic. They don't say what my kids say. You know, my kids are great. I don't want to get you wrong, but it's an escape for me. And it is interesting when people say, I don't, I don't, I couldn't do it. I don't know how you do it. You know, I think that the, the people that love animals the most are the ones that end up at the shelter because somebody has to do it. Eventually you come to realize that it's not about you. Right. You know, when you adopt a dog, it's about you. When you foster a dog, it's about that dog. I, I'm that way with my kids. So, you know, it just, it, it all has come pretty naturally to me, even though I doubted myself for a while. I doubted my ability to foster too, but. You well, know, we all do. We all, we all have. The We've moment about was that. there. Yep. 
I tried and I succeeded. So, and everyone is hard. And you were just telling me uh, before we started recording that one of your personal dogs has bonded pretty strongly to your current foster dog. Yes. And that's something, you know, people always focus on how do you let these dogs go? How do you let these dogs go? I can deal with that. It's not always easy. Some mm-hmm. is, some are harder than others. But man, when my dogs bond to one of those dogs, that's a whole other level. It is tough. I think um, I have a Chihuahua named Tank. He is five years old and he's bonded to Mr. Furley, who I think we have him aged around 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that my Tank sees Mr. Furley as... Um, my dog that passed away, PJ. Uh, PJ was what inspired me to foster. I always thought of him as being in a shelter. And oh my gosh, like it would be so traumatic. He was 15 years old and scared of everything, you know. And that's really when he passed away, I wanted to foster in his honor. So I think this dog reminds Tank of PJ. And Mm -hmm. it's hard. It is hard. It is hard, but we do it because um, it's all we can do. It's all we know how to do. I think once you start fostering, it just becomes, I have said so many times, that's it. I'm done. It's my last one. And then I get another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't ever say it's my last one, but I do frequently say, okay, it's just going to be our dogs for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that night I am bringing home another dog because yeah. I'm there. I see them come in yeah. and I bond pretty strongly, especially with more difficult small dogs. Um, not everyone has small dog patience and I do. I just, I adore them and it's really hard for me to see an older small dog sitting in that shelter knowing that I could bring it home. Yeah. All right, Moon, we could probably talk for another hour, but we can't. We have to wrap it up. So thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, If anybody out there listening wants to learn more about our foster program that Moon and I both still participate in to this day, please visit our website at www.berksarl.org. Go to the programs tab and then click Gray Muzzle Foster Program. And you can read more about the opportunities we have available for you to foster dogs and or cats. So thanks everybody for listening. Moon, thank you again for coming. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.